Hey, 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 Robbie Bobby Miller, look at that burger going right in Grozy Belly. We are doing the Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael, not eating anything right now. Ennis, I almost said Gumbert. What if, what if I was Chad Michael Gumbert? Adam, would you take my hand in marriage? We got Adam. Don't answer that question because I don't want my feelings to get hurt. Gumbert. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I've always not liked my actual last name, so that wouldn't even be part of the equation because I, I don't. It's off. It's unique, but it's not good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Adaminus, though. That, that Adaminus. Adaminus. That's that sound. That's fun to say. It's a little poppy. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. It's not the worst. We got Burger Boy himself, Alex. Alex. Trying in to, his hyphen Cozina. How are you, Alex? I'm trying to wipe wipe off residue from the burger. Thing is, is like before we were just about to do the podcast, I was like, all right, all systems are good. Everything's ready to go. Oh shit, my camera's shitting the bed. Can I use the Sony Imaging Edge mobile app to connect to my Sony A6100 camera and remotely control it from there? Let's try it right now. Start. Oh, well, apparently it just conveniently decided to work right now, but it wasn't working <laughs> earlier. No matter what I would do, it wouldn't work earlier. And so I wasn't able to fix whatever issue I had with my camera, had to go ahead, reboot the whole computer, did the trick. Uh, but in the middle of all that, I didn't get a chance to eat the burger, which I had brought down with me. Uh, and so I figured I'd sneak in a quick little bite over there, but I clearly did not have enough time to do so gracefully. Well, if you're wondering what time of night that Alex eats burgers, it's 8.30 Eastern time, sometimes on twitch.tv slash idiots Sunday evenings, and then you can catch him eating on demand on YouTube and podcast services Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern time as well. We've got fun things to talk about today. We're going to talk about some surprise things. We're going to talk about a thing that Adam has up his sleeve that he says is the best thing in the world uh we've got a thing in my sleeve that might or might not be skewed in one person's direction but we're gonna instead start today by talking about our main quest xbox before we do oh, that okay <laughs> hold on hold on I, I assure you this will be a very short and quick and seamless interruption in the podcast before we get Proceed. back into the main quest uh as you all know, I've been working uh, diligently and hard on the next season of Cozy Bear's Cooking. Cozy Bear's Cooking Season 4. Uh, season 4 of Cozy Bear's Cooking is still underway. However, uh, it is, like many of the video games we play nowadays, going to be delayed by just a little bit. Uh, originally, the plan was that it would be uh, launching this upcoming Wednesday, uh, January the 24th. However, uh, because of some unforeseen circumstances, because of me just wanting to inject as much polishing quality into the season as I possibly can right out the gate. Uh, I'm going to be pushing it back by a week. Uh, it will now be debuting uh, January 31st at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live. Uh, again, apologies if y'all were really, really looking forward to this within a few days from now, but I assure you, uh, even though it is being pushed back by a week, and that means that the season as a whole will be seven episodes instead of eight those seven episodes are going to be must-sees, so look forward to them. Um, just hold on. Uh, uh -oh. Even though it is delayed, it will still be here at least a week and a half earlier than Skull and Bones. So, Oh, uh, good point. Uh, I like that he's doing the research for the joke. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it a yeah, lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, this is kind of a... First of all, I was like, I was going to say Cozy Bear cooking and just more like Skull and Bones cooking. And then I was like, wait a minute. 
we can, we can do better. Wait a minute, that's coming out soon, isn't it? Apparently, supposedly. But right now, we're going to talk about Xbox developer underscore direct 24. This info comes from Logan Plant at IGN. Start with a big hitter, or maybe the big whipper, you should call it. <laughs> what? We got our first look at Machine Games' Indiana Jones game, which is officially titled Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. And the name of it, the, the, the whole thing is about Indiana Jones finding something that like is, appears at first glance. is like, this thing isn't special. Why the fuck are we doing this? And then it turns out that it is significant. And so that's what I see when I look at the name. Oh, the Great Circle. What a boring, stupid-ass, nasty, generic name. And then it turns out I'm going to love it, apparently, whenever I play the game. So we got to look at puzzle solving to open what looks like an ancient temple, combat with Indy's iconic whip, and third-person rope-swinging action. Machine Games revealed that the game will shift to a third-person perspective for environmental traversal and cutscenes. And EW, whatever that is, is that Entertainment Weekly? Entertainment Weekly, I believe. Confirmed yeah, yeah. shortly after the developer direct on Thursday that it's Troy Baker who is playing Indy in Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, though with Harrison Ford's likeness-ish. Likeness. Not exactness, but likeness. What do you like think about what he looked Jones? about 40 years ago. I'm excited. It should be good. I just like machine games. So I'm like, let them do whatever. Everything they've made has been, has been what do you interesting play by and machine cool. Games? Do what? What do you play by machine games? I play Wolfenstein. You play, you play Wolfenstein? Mm -hmm. And Wolfenstein 2. What you, what you know about pregnant women covered in blood? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, did what you play this? Wolfenstein 2? Did you play Wolfenstein 2? I didn't get that far. Oh, no. I did not like, get to that far. the very end of the game. But. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't get that far. Um, but no, I do like the stuff that I play to them. I like that they keep doing the Let's Punch Nazi stuff. Keep that up forever. No problem with that. Um, yeah, I like Indiana Jones. That's a cool thing. Uh, I do like... <laughs> you mentioned the Great Circle. Can I interest you in Crystal Skull? Does that sound interesting <laughs> to you, Chad? That is the, I have not seen that movie. I have seen all the other Indiana Jones movies, but I have not seen Crystal Skull. That's the one that you missed. Yeah. Sounds like not, it's not, also the honestly, one to miss as well. That is the one that you should, if you've managed to watch one, two, three, and five, keep it that way. Yeah. And then enjoy this video game when it comes out. Alex, what do you this think about it? This looks Indy? pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. Uh, I'm actually really happy that it's in first person and, you know, uh, in line with, you know, that studio's talents of making great first person games. Um, definitely a game that I'm going to be interested in checking out later on when it comes out this year. We'll say, you know, if I do have a kind of concern for this game, it is I do hope that they see this game as a chance to really like paint on the canvas that is the Indiana Jones IP. There is part of me looking over the trailer that's kind of like, ah, uh, this is feel a little bit like a kind of played by numbers, played out Indiana Jones experience. It feels like we're hitting on a lot of similar beats to what we got in those movies. When the trailer first started, I was like, this seems like straight up just a recreation of uh, the first Indiana Jones movie, because there's a very similar sequence in that movie where Indiana Jones gets stopped by the Nazis as he's, you know, trying to get himself out of a hole or something or other. Um, and so I, I do kind of want to see how that develops, even if they perhaps don't fully live up on that front, even if it is a very by the numbers Indiana Jones experience. I mean, it looks from a gameplay perspective like it's going to be very compelling. So looking forward. Oh, one thing. Yeah. Because most of them have the dates in here. That one doesn't. The idea of 
I wish every company would do this. Just be like, hey, I specifically like Xbox doing it this way. Like, hey, it's January. Here's things that are slated for 2024. Like, we'll still maybe get a surprise here or there, but I like the idea of like, hey, this is coming out in the next year. This one's just says 2024 and not like a time. I wouldn't be shocked if this one got delayed into 2025, maybe early 2025. But they say right now it's 2024, so we'll see what happens. But I do like the idea of shows being like, here's what's coming out that you can look forward to this year. If everyone did that, I would be happy. Just let me know what's coming out in the next couple months. So shout out to them for doing the everything you see here is coming out this year. Um, I will tell you that I watched this trailer and I was, I was not, it did not get me pumped at all for the game. I, oh. I do like machine games, Indiana Jones. I'm indifferent, but also leaning towards like, I enjoy the property, I guess. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, clearly because you haven't seen kingdom of the crystal skull next, you don't really have the authority or insight to really truly That's say right. that. But though. I have seen the Indiana Jones, uh, show at, um, universal studios and I have been on oh. the Indiana Jones ride. So, or maybe it's I thought you, you were going to say yeah. the, the young Indiana Jones TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm there, there are some things in here that I'm sure will get cleaned up or like, will be presented in a different way, or I'm sure like I'll, they'll win me over gameplay wise, but like, I don't know. The the whip physics look weird. It looks like a wiggly snake <laughs> on its way out and in. Uh, I wasn't like super in love with like the, the show was face. And I was like, Oh, they did not go with Harrison Ford. And then they said, it's Harrison Ford's likeness. And I was like, uh, Oh, Oh, that's an interesting take on Harrison Ford's face. And, um, so he looks weird. And then generally I'll be honest. I think I've realized about myself. I'm not a first person. Generally, I'm not a first person perspective person. It's not my preferred way to play games. And those things feel, excuse weird me. What's your me. most played game of all time? Uh, destiny Two. Oh, Is it okay. generally, generally, <laughs> shooters i think are being are, are the like i don't have any issue playing no i get it. halo I, get it. I don't have any issue playing destiny but like yeah playing something like skyrim or <laughs> you know some kind of other bethesda rpg or or things like that in first person feel weird and off-putting to me so like there are some things about this that i don't know i i went from being like oh i can't wait to know hear about indie to I'll play indie if I see some better things about it or if everyone says that I should, and then I'll play it. But I'm also not like, this game looks like shit. It's just like, I don't know. A few things in there that make it I hard will, for me. I will say that they did very good. Um, you know, Troy Waker obviously is every video game character of all time. But I do think that they did good at like capturing like indie's like little quirks and movements and like his inflections and stuff. Like I think, it's, oh, that's very convincing of like... That era, Harrison Ford. Like, I'll get like his little turns and smirks and the way he talks. I'm like, yeah, they got that. So, but we will see. Again, I don't know if it's 2024. I would like for every game to come out when they say it is and be a 10 out of 10, but we will see when we get there. Yep. Next up, we have the one that is scratching that chat itch Senua Saga Hellblade 2. Finally gets a release date. In fact, coming May 21st of 2024. We got a new trailer for the long-awaited sequel, showcasing even more of the gorgeous visuals that Ninja Theory has created. They've explained how they've leveled up uh, since developing the original. There's more complex motion capture. There's all new brutal combat. The audio line, they've taken, they talked about how they had the binaural audio for the voices in Senua's head, uh, representing her psychosis in the first game. And now they've up-leveled that to like all of the audio as well, not just those voices. So uh, very excited for that. 
They've also confirmed that Senua's Sacrifice Hellblade 2 will be a digital-only release. Ooh. The game will cost $50 and be on Xbox Game Pass on launch day. And here's a quote from Dom Matthews on Xbox Wire. We also took advantage of the freedom that digital-only distribution offered us to create a game of the length that fit perfectly with our intended experience, but could be sold at a lower price to reflect the shorter length of our story. This framework also allowed us to focus on the things we really care about, taking our fans on an unforgettable journey in Senua's unique world. I feel like I've dunked on this game a couple of times in the past for being constantly shown off year after year and oh, yeah. not having a release date in sight. Uh, nevertheless, I mean, release date coming pretty soon. And I do appreciate that in that little preview, they were like, hey, uh, we committed to making like a shorter, more contained, more concentrated experience as opposed to something that's long and bloated. So the game definitely gets big props in my book for that. That would be. And I don't want to I don't want us to like have to hang on this. I don't want to commit to this, but maybe an idea for a barf game playing the original hellblade in anticipation of this one it's pretty sure no, we did not do that 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 is one of the things i loved about the first one is that it was short enough that i could play it in one sitting and in fact you can platinum it in one sitting if you sit long enough um but no we have not <laughs> done that any game in one sitting if you sit long enough but i did i did buy it for holden a long time ago to force him to play it because mm -hmm. uh i enjoyed it so much and i thought he's that everyone should play it so uh we could do it as a barf yeah and and mm, for cool. number two i'm a little bit with alex though about like you know they kept showing i guess the first one was cool and they showed the giant was cool and then they just kept showing stuff i'm like oh, i yeah. just want to the release date like i don't need this like just let me know and then this was the first one I was like oh no this game actually looks cool and they explained what it is it's like yo it's the same length about like it's still going to be a you know maybe a 10-ish hour game or whatever and they spent all this time just making it fucking gorgeous and yeah. like because i remember chad you brought up that you were worried they're going to try to make it too big and make it something it's not they're like no it's we know what it is we just wanted it to kick your grandma in the face with how good it looks <laughs> yeah. uh which i'm like hey good way to use your time and your money so that sounds awesome this is the first time i saw it. i'm like oh no this is actually looks really really cool um and it be digital only doesn't matter because the first one's digital only a lot of it it's 2024 who cares i don't give a shit so i'm excited for see... it this is the first time they released the first one i can't remember whether it was they did eventually pre... get a physical release um yeah but they released the first one i don't know whether this was pre-microsoft or post-microsoft acquisition but they released the first one in vr on pc mm. and i'm wondering if that will uh if that's going to be the same, like if they're going to, I won't, obviously I don't have a PC nor a VR headset for a PC, but that would be interesting if they did that for this one too. Maybe like a year later, get a VR version of it or something. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, next up, Avowed is one of the four slash five games they showed off, and it is the upcoming RPG from Obsidian Entertainment, which shared more information about the combat, showing off battles with weapons like you had a one-handed wand you could deal wield wands you had dual wield pistols you could do a sword and shield all sorts of stuff and it also will include dialogue trees with difficult choices for players to make and like the nice trend here uh, with the rest of these we are getting a release window of fall 2024 for avowed very cool. I just need this game to be out of worlds but fantasy, and I'll be happy. And it looks like that, but a little more polish. So Adam's happy. That's all I... I don't need this game to be crazy. I just need it to be a fun one of those. So good for Obsidian. I do love Obsidian. So whenever they do 
I'm willing to check out. This is another one of those third, or I mean, first person looks weird and feels awkward for me to play. I don't know. It just makes me feel squiggly and uncomfortable. But uh, again, yeah, if, if a bunch of people play it and say, this is amazing, you need to play it, I'll do it. You didn't finish out yeah. of Worlds, did you? I did not. I never, no, I never started Outer Worlds. I started Outer Wilds, played for about an hour, and said, I hate all of this. Well, that game's bad. <laughs> That's fine. I don't like Outer Wilds either. It's not a good game. I'm in Chad's boat of if a lot of people say you got to play this game, you absolutely got to play this game. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. But otherwise, it's not a game I'm going to necessarily force myself to. Shout out to Jerson, first time chat in our Twitch chat right now. And I'm pretty hey! sure this is the same person who has been with this podcast for almost seven years as a listener. What's up, Jerson? Uh, hey, surprise guest Jerson Square Enix say appeared yes at I'm moving on, Alex. I didn't tell you that. And now our things over. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. See, he just mocked you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Woo! Yes, that is the same Jerson. What's up? Uh, all right. Uh, last two things about this developer underscore direct surprise guest Square Enix showed up at this. They actually like they had their whole little. First of all, I think the, the presentation of this was kind of interesting and, and cool how they showed off like these are icons of the games they're going to do they're like erasing text and writing it on there and they're like oh we got to make room for square enix surprise they had an update on visions of mana we got a look at the upcoming rpg's real-time action combat some monster design score writable mounts in the overworld and this is mana's first release on xbox that whole series has, has not come to xbox and is also coming to pc and playstation when it launches this summer. <laughs> if you're watching the video version, Alex has an I'm sorry, Chad, slowly going up the screen. <laughs> I just wonder why is my question. Love it. Uh, yeah, what you guys, what do you, And does this excite you? Are you a mana person? Just normal men? I just, you know, <laughs> what is, go ahead, Adam. It's just this, I'm sorry, Chad. No, <laughs> I've actually never so played long. a mana. It is so wild. No, I've never played Mana before. It was in that generation. What was that? The first one was what? Super NES or NES? Uh, is it Secret uh, of Mana? Right. Uh, the, the chronology of the series is weird because I want to say the first Secret of Mana game was a game called Final Fantasy Adventure yeah. for the Game Boy. Indirect. And then they sp spun it off into Mana, as into its own thing. Okay. So an era where I did not like, I didn't care about those RPGs at all. So I've never played one of these before. I'm normally not my kind of a thing. And if you throw it on Game Pass, maybe. But if not, like, I just, it's not my thing. But it does, it does look pretty. I just don't know if I'll care. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not sorry, into this series, but I also think this is, like, the first one in a very long time, isn't it? Like, this is the first game in, like, 17 or 15 years or something it, like that. It, it's, like, the first new game in the series. Because okay. we've gotten, like, remakes and remasters of prior Mana games. There was one that came out, like, not too long ago, for example. But this is the first one that's, like, a new story a new, you know, set of characters from the ground up. Gotcha. Uh, real quick, my kind of history with Mana is back in the day, used to be a big fan of ScrewAttack.com, which was the kind of main website where you watched content like the Angry Video Game Nerd on, for example. Uh, and I remember uh, the original Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo being a game that that website like really championed of like, this is like an impeccable, amazing Super Nintendo RPG that you should absolutely check out. And when I got my original Wii, 
I downloaded Secret of Mana uh, on the virtual console, as they called it back in the day. And I played like a good 10 hours of it, and I just kind of fell off. I just wasn't honestly really feeling it. Um, and, you know, maybe it is an instance where I just didn't really properly commit to it and didn't take time to really immerse myself in its systems, but I just didn't find it to be perhaps as timeless of a classic as the people over on Screw Attack said it was. Did we get any info on, I know this showed up at the Xbox Direct, do we know if it's coming to Game Pass at launch? We don't know. I don't think they said it, so that says to me probably not. Okay. Since they didn't specifically say it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, last thing here, Aura History Untold is an upcoming strategy game from X Oxide Games, a team made up of many ex-devs of Firaxis's Civilization series. Uh, it's also coming to PC and PC Game Pass this fall. I was like, I don't even remember this. I was like, oh yeah, I saw the strategy thing on the screen and I fast forwarded. Oh, come on. No, it's very much... You've got to be into those kind of game, but those are the people who made the good one of those kinds of games. Yeah. So I am, I'm into that kind of shit. So especially on a PC Game Pass, so I will check it out for a bit because I've played so much Civilization. So I got to give this one a try too. Dope. And that's it for the developer underscore direct. A nice like forty-ish minutes, five games. This is what's coming this year. Here's some release dates. I really, uh, I appreciated this format as well. It's not the the Nintendo Direct slash state of play like norm, where it's like, here's a we're gonna do some fun things between games and tell you about things that are coming. There. Look out for Princess Peach! Like it's it's just like, hey, here's some cool things. Here are the devs behind them. Let's show their offices. Let's have them talk about their passion for these games. And uh, I appreciated this. This was really nice. Yeah, I'm with you. I especially you know last year's state of play, the big one, then it was Spider Man. I didn't love every game shown there, but I did like the presentation. I'm just like, all right, trailer, a little interstitial of the fucking the symbols, and then we're on to the next trailer. Yeah. Or let me talk to developers. They explain the game. They show the game. Move on to the next one. I'm with you. I don't like all the... I, I just I don't want to shit on Nintendo because they're the ones who do it anymore, but I don't like the, oh, we're time to get wacky with Pikmin 4. <laughs> like, I, I don't like that shit either. But I'm also an adult, man, so that's just all that is. I like this format. Do this. This is cool. Dope. All right, let's move on to playtime, where we talk about what we played every time. Playing time and how long we're playing, and some more things about playing and time. Uh, I would love to start with Alex and end with sure. your non-barf game, so that can lead us into Adam's P, I assume. Yeah, so <laughs> in addition to working on the kind of Twitch setup for the upcoming Codes vs. Cooking stuff, uh, only really been playing two games this week. The first one is uh, a little game by the name of Signalis, which is, of course, our barf game for this month. Uh, it is very, very redacted. I'm making slow but steady enough progress through it. I'm definitely looking forward to sharing my thoughts on it come the end of the month. And Pause that's really all I have quick. to say about that. I, for yes. the two of you who have played this game so far, whether or not you've beaten it or anything like that, do they actually say mm. the name of the game out loud in the game? Like, how is it really pronounced? Do they code uh, So I've I been playing... So. I've been having the, the sound on the TV and I have an ear in for podcasts because I listen to podcasts while I play the game because I don't... I don't even know there's voice acting in the game. I don't think so. So I don't know if we actually no. have an idea of how the word is said. I don't think we'll ever know. 
Maybe you gotta ask Webster's <laughs> how you're supposed to say it. I don't know. So there's a there's a Reddit thread. The emphasis is definitely on the second syllable. And they say sig is in signal. The second one as emphasized in canal, so signalis, I guess. And is is in kiss. Yes, sig- signalis. So Alex said it correctly. I just hate that. <laughs> but that's just a guy on Reddit. Well, he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, but like you assume everyone on Reddit does their research, right? That's what the we, R we, we can Reddit stands for. R slash signalis is research about signalis. Yeah, you're right. There's that's flawless. I can't can't yeah. argue. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, uh, that game is what it is. Uh, and the other game that I only played a very small amount of. So I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Adam's thoughts on this game more than I am uh, looking forward to having myself uh, express what little I played of it is Power World. That's it. That's all you got. (laughs) I I was sorry. I was was queuing that up like I wanted uh, Adam to take the wheel. But you said you had a little bit, but you want to hear more. What's your little bit, though? I mean, my my little bit with this one is I booted it up for an hour. Uh, I played around in it a little bit. I was like, hmm, clearly there is something to this game i can sort of understand why people uh are really falling in love with it but uh it is a survival game which i knew going into this experience i wasn't completely like uh, shell-shocked of oh i didn't expect it to be this kind of a game um but that kind of stuff uh, very quickly kind of tired me out. And, you know, it's funny. What, what I'm reading online is that, like, this game is, like, it does a much better job of, like, onboarding and tutorializing you uh, into uh, its experience better than, like, something like, say, Icarus or, or uh, Ark uh, Survival Evolved, for example, other similar games that's been compared to. And yet, even with that, I still feel like the kind of, like, tutorial and onboarding of the game is a little not super obvious um i do want to check it out like again at some point in the future you know the fact that it's like in early access now means that i do have the excuse of well i could always just wait until this game properly quote unquote releases and then come back to it then and see you know it be able to kind of experience a more fleshed out and polished experience um but yeah that's kind of unfortunately like i said don't only played it about an hour don't have too much to say about it uh but yeah those are my thoughts. Dope, dope. I played Power World um, maybe five or six hours or so, and it is 100%. It is a survival game. I would say it's like 60%, 55% survival game versus, you know, the 40% Pokemon uh, kind of a thing. Um, I liked it a lot, though. Like, the game blew up out of nowhere. Like, I think it was 2 million sales on Steam in the first 25 hours, even though it's on Game Pass. So, without yeah. Game Pass, it still sold 2 million. It's like the they biggest said thing 3 ever. million passed it after 40 hours. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> wild. Um, and I like it. I think it works for me. It Because I've played enough of... Uh, I played a little bit of art, but I played enough of Minecraft, mostly, to do, like, understand that survival kind of uh, curve. Uh, and I like the, the little twist of it. Um, I don't know. I, it works for me. Getting the Pokemon... Pals, whatever. I'm going to call them Pokemon the entire time. That's exactly what it is. Uh, but no, like getting them to go work at your at your base and automating all that. Like I said, it's mostly survival game. And it's got that other stuff in there too. But then just like, you know, having my 
little water lizard guy out, and then we go like fight some dudes with guns and <laughs> I hit a shoot them with a crossbow. I don't know, man. It works for me. And just exploring this big island and having your gym battles and building up your base and stuff. It just works, man. I don't know what it is. This game absolutely made it work. So I'm happy I got to play it for free. Um, I don't know how long I'll stick with it. Maybe I'll play it for a little bit if my son wants to play because, you know, those games are better if you have people up in a, in a rural doing stuff together. But it's good for now. I'll definitely check it more when it comes to full access. But, like, it is one of those. So yeah. if you've ever liked one of those, you'll like this. I didn't, I don't know I, how I, do I didn't say... understand that it wasn't, that it was a survival game. Because I've seen trailers for this game leading up to I was like, Pokemon with well, guns? Well, the trailers... I'm into it. I was going to say, have guns. they have not really done a good job yeah. of explaining exactly what this is. You know, I will say, I will say quickly, um, this game is kind of discourse central right now on Twitter. People often talk about how usually there's like a person of the day on Twitter and your only role on Twitter is to make sure you're not it. And it feels like this game has been person of the day on Twitter for like the past three days of people complaining about this studio's tenuous connection with AI generated art, with unsavory business practices, with creating games that, you know, rip off other more popular properties of there being Pokemon uh, models in this game that in some cases almost like wholesale rip off the real McCoy. And like, that is all like, certainly a valid conversation to have and i don't want to kind of like sweep that under the rug it's going to be very interesting to see how things play out over the next few days i will say i do think that there is just a little bit of hyperbole in the sense that like clearly they have managed to make a game that has managed to scratch an itch from a kind of gameplay perspective that a lot of people didn't realize that they had. Uh, and that's not something that you can, at least at this point in time, really kind of create with AI. That's something that comes from a development team that uh, it knows what they're doing and is has able been able to kind of successfully kind of like capture a kind of like successful kind of gameplay loop that uh they you know uh, just managed to kind of do so successfully and uh in that regard like there is like my kind of whole take is like i i do hope that you know we do see sort of, sort of some sort of resolution with regards to this studio and uh you know it's rather weird relationship with a lot of these kind of assets and stuff but clearly they managed to kind of like tap into something really uh interesting and made a really interesting game um but yeah we'll see yeah, I yeah. Wonder how, twitter discourse how is funny about this one if the okay. pokemon themselves were not like ripped off like if they had had original creature design there's some other like game out there right now it's like play with all your friends and, and collect it and it's like a similar thing to pokemon and it kind of got a little bit tim big, tim but this is like fucking straight up rip off Vulpix and Wooloo and all these other Pokemon. And I wonder if, if it didn't have that publicity around it, whether it would be as big as it got right at launch. Well, I don't yeah. know. Cause we've known that it's, there've been the designs of the thing. And it's also, it's like, it feels to me like Twitter discourse of people who like a thing who are mad that something else is popular. Cause it's like a po Pokemon defenders like, Oh, this is awful. This is whatever. And it's like, there's no actual proof that AI was used to create anything in the game. People are just saying it because, like, a dude who works there likes AI stuff. Mm -hmm. So I guess that means that it happens because the guy who works there likes it. Like, uh, it's stupid. 
Yeah, I, I will say, like, I will say, you know, uh, I saw a tweet earlier today that was like, hey, you know, uh, this game, you know, hopefully will, you know, help uh, convince Game Freak to continue to iterate on the design of their own Pokemon games and kind of move outside of their comfort zone and really kind of push what the Pokemon franchise can be. But also, it's a little disingenuous to say that this is like the only game that is currently doing so, because we've seen many, many other games within the like Pokemon knockoff, Pokemon-inspired sphere that have come out over the past few years. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that, you know, it's important that we recognize the ways in which this game is uh, good, the ways in which this game is maybe not so good or perhaps problematic, uh, and also kind of understand that it is one of many games like this. It's just It just so happens that this is the most weirdly successful Pokemon knockoff, Pokemon-inspired game in some time. Yeah, it's the one that hit. I guess they're like, hey, PC guys, it's fucking survival, and you also like Pokemon. They're like, you know what? That works today. That is the <laughs> thing that works today, so we're good. I think it's uh, important, yeah, no, it's cool. like, as Adam mentioned, though, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, this could be, like, what this is what Pokemon could be, and, and I watched an hour and a half of the kind of funny stream of it, and it was like, this is very, very different. It is, as Adam said, so much survival. Oh. It is, you know, you're out yeah. there, Minecraft, like punching rocks and chopping down trees and getting wood and getting this and building a base. And also didn't love that, like, the, your Pokemon, your pals are not. Just call them Pokemon. Your Pokemon, they're not like, <laughs> you know, in a Pokemon game, I'm collecting them, powering them up. They're mine. I have this, like, this association with them, this connection to them. And I watched, like, Andy had a bunch on the KF stream and he had a bunch that he you'd bring them back to your base to help you build up your base and defend it and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And then if your base goes away, like all your Pokemon just immediately they forget exactly who you are and they go wander back into the wilderness. I was like, oh, like I'm free. Yeah, <laughs> which kind of part of my issue too in watching it and when I realized like, oh, this is like Baldur's Gate three. You don't have a character that you bring to different worlds to play with your friends. It's server based, so like. You play a server, mm. your friends jump in, and then I, I don't get to play my character again and catch my Pokemon again and bring them out and then hop into somebody else's game with that. It's like, oh, no, it's like we no, built it's a base on your game. server. It's, it's server-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is not this is nowhere near the Pokemon experience that I think people want from a mainline Pokemon game or a, a reimagined one. Like This is very much a survival thing with a Pokemon-type mechanic in it. Mm -hmm. I do like it has a little bit of Arceus out there because you got to go and beat these guys with your bare hands and then throw a ball at them in the open world. That's fun. <laughs> I do love that. Just beating up that sheep with a baseball bat because <laughs> I got to catch 10 of them. That's great. It is really brutal. 100%. Yeah. Apparently you can capture people. I haven't done it yet, but apparently you're able to <laughs> capture human beings, which I've always wondered. Why don't they do that in Pokemon in the TV show? You know, why can you capture the animals, but not the humans? It's like, Just why saying. can you shoot deer in America and not the people? Well, you can. You can shoot the people. Well, and it depends on the color of your skin as to whether there are consequences. Yeah. But, and it depends on what state and what part of the country. Yeah, but yes, yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah, that'll be cool to see where that keeps going because I think it's good now and I think it'll probably just get more popular with time and with updates. Uh, but also, because we're on me now, right, Chad? That's correct. I'm assuming. Okay. What is this one? <laughs> oh, that's right. I beat in one sitting... Not a super long sitting either, in one easy sitting. Uh, Turnip Boy robs a bank. So I oh. I never played Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, but apparently it's like a like a fun short Zelda-like, I believe is the first one. Uh, and Turnip Boy robs a bank, uh, picks up right when that game ends, 
and you are uh, it's a roguelike top-down roguelike thing where you are robbing a bank you're going in getting cash getting out and as you go through every time you have like it's very short though like i beat this entire game and i think it was like three hours or something like that just did everything and it's really fun like it's it's a solid i don't know i never played the first turn of boy i know people liked it i was like you know what let me just try it and check it out played it for three hours adored it didn't want to stop playing it it's a great time like i said it's roguelike um you're robbing a bank but you're you know there's four bosses in the bank you got to beat and um you know, it's that you you bring your money back, buy stuff off the dark web, you know, <laughs> and then turn a boy's a gun. Now, that is the main thing where I was just like, yeah, I need to get that shotgun so I can go fight the I forgot what his name is. I think it's like Yeehaw. He's like a like an onion named Yeehaw. And you kill him. And he said, I've eaten my last haw. It's very funny. <laughs> All the writing is very funny, like Mimi kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And turn boy doesn't speak. So everyone's talking at him and it's just like exclamation points and question marks. Um, but no, it was solid. It was very good. Uh, it was on Game Pass. I think the game itself is not super expensive if you buy it. Super fun. I would definitely recommend it if you want to play like a top-down pixel roguelite. Um, and then I played Redacted, Hold which on. I can't... Huh? Go ahead. I just want to say real quick, mm-hmm. real quick, uh, the original Turnip Boy was actually kind of an infamous game back during my press YYZ days because there was a brief period where we did kind of like a monthly barf game thing where we all agreed to play a game that had come out recently so we could talk about it at the end of the month. And I want to say that Turnip Boy was one of those games. Either that or we all just collectively agreed, hey, maybe we, maybe we should all play this game this week. Uh, and I actually had the misfortune of running into a game-breaking bug an hour into it. But it was like a really like unfortunate game-breaking bug where it's not like I tried to walk into a news screen and the game would always crash. It was like a key item or like a key character that was supposed to appear didn't appear. But that game is like so puzzly and so Zelda-like where not having a guide to know where it is that I was supposed to go next, I just assumed, oh, I must just have not puzzled out where it is I'm supposed to go next. And so I legit spent like two hours running around in that game being like, where the fuck am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do before I realized, oh, I I encountered a game-breaking glitch and I can't progress anymore. And so I put the game down and came back to the podcast with a pretty negative review. And it escalated because... My other host had also played the game, had not encountered that bug, were able to complete it, and had a decent amount, enough time with it. And it turned into this ongoing joke of, like, I despise Turnip Boy. And they're all like, <laughs> Turnip Boy is one of the best games ever. I, I don't hate it. I, I think I, you know, I, I got into a little bit of a... Just encountered some bad luck uh, in that particular instance. But it's not a game that I'm inclined to go back to. Yeah, I'm not going to play the first one, because I played the second one. You have guns. You don't have guns in the first one, so... uh <laughs> I will stick with two. That was cool. Uh, I also played Redacted, which is a thing I can talk about at a, a and undetermined time. Ooh, it was, it was very very neat. That's all I can say about that. Ooh. And the last thing on here, it's not a game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do this, guys. Have you watched Ted on Peacock? Ted, like based I've on the movie Ted of with Mark Wahlberg and the teddy bear. Yes, no. Seth MacFarlane's teddy bear Ted has a TV show on Peacock, and it's fucking really good. Peacock is. Peacock is the most surprising subscription service because you're like, it's fucking Peacock, who cares? And then you watch Swiss and you're like, actually, that's pretty that's pretty decent. I kind of want season two. And I watch Ted, I'm like, fuck, this is actually really fucking funny. <laughs> Ted is way fucking better than I ever would have thought. It's so it's it's great hearing Seth MacFarlane be back and just be funny as shit. Like I I love it. 
It's very good. It's like set in the '90s, so it's Mark Wahlberg is like a 16 year old boy. Wait, Mark Wahlberg's um, in the C- in the TV show? No, oh, it's okay. a different kid playing Mark Wahlberg's character. Okay. Um, then it's like 1993, and he's 16 or whatever. And yeah, he's hanging out with Ted. Him and Ted go to school together. <laughs> And it's fucking, it's so funny. Um, it is, it's raunchy and it's great. And I'm like, you know what? Thank God that someone made a TED TV show in 2024 because it fucking works. Let me tell you. It's very good. Okay. Um, that's it. Uh, I've got two things on my list. We'll move on to our last uh, little quest thing here. Uh, actually, I didn't put this on my list because I forgot to put it on my list until Adam right now just mentioned television. True Detective. Oh, y'all. True Detective, second episode just dropped right now. So, um, new season. Spooky, weird, mysterious, dark in Alaska. Jodie Foster. Supernatural, question mark? IDK, my BFF, Jill. Who knows? Uh, Very, very highly recommend that show so far. And then... I had a question. I'm sorry, Qua? Uh, So, I know... it's an anthology series, right? Because it's yes. always like a new set of people. Yeah. I never watched season one, but I do know what season one is about. Have you seen season two? And I know you're watching season three now. I have watched, no, season four is what's out now. Oh, season four? Season one was Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey, and it is the best season okay. that has existed so yeah, yeah. far. Season two was... Um, Vaughn? Was that Vince Colin Vaughn? Colin Farrell. Oh, looking Colin Farrell. weird with a nasty mustache. And yeah. then season three was Mahershala Ali, I think. Mm-hmm. And was Vince Vaughn in that one? I feel like Vince Vaughn's in one of these. I might be wrong. Anyways, he, continue. if he was, it, it might have been season three because I remember nothing about season three. Um, yeah. In fact, I don't even know if I finished it. Is it season four? Is Jodie Foster? So my question, I didn't. I thought there was only three. So maybe four. I know what happens in one because that's one everyone likes, and I just looked it up instead of watching it because that's what I do sometimes. From what you remember, do they all? It's an anthology series, but do they all eventually have like a supernatural spin to it? Maybe. No. Oh, so it's just certain ones might have that. From what I can remember, it is not a trend in this series. Interesting. So we don't even know if Jodie Foster is going to have supernatural stuff because it doesn't always happen. Right. Just interesting to know. Just interesting. But speaking of other anthology series, also Fargo just wrapped up with a season finale of this one. Holy shit, that was amazing too. So just a good time to look at your TV, whether games on it or shows on it, movies on it. Just keep looking at your TV, everyone, and say thank you. Thank you, TV. Uh, and the last thing I have here is uh, Letzte Fantasy Sieben, which is German for Final Fantasy VII. And um, <laughs> I'm going to run out of ways to say it here pretty soon. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll be done with it soon. I'm actually, so I think last week I was 10 hours in when I talked to you all about it. And now I am 21 hours in, I believe, based on the game clock. And uh, yeah, holy fucking shit. I am, I think I'm probably two hours maybe from the final end of the game and i will probably create a save file come back and clean up some trophies after i beat i'll probably like beat the story like to beat the game and then come back later and clean up the platinum on the save file because this does not have like a post game this is you know it's a 1997 game it does not have a oh you beat the boss go back and explore the world and finish and here's new game plus like that does not exist on this thing so um yeah very very much enjoying it, it i'm just i forgot so much of this game and now i am so excited to see what happens in rebirth because there are some there are like end game things that have already happened in remake like 
I don't think it's a secret to know like Meteor is a part of this game. In fact, it's in the logo. There's a Meteor coming for Earth. We saw that in the end of Remake. Like that is not a thing that happens until quite a bit into this game. Um, so yeah, and you already fight Sephiroth in, in Remake. So like, there are so many things about this game, like late game things in this game that have already happened. And now I'm like, well, what the fuck is the, is the rest of this? It, it's it's going to be fantastic. Can't wait. I can't wait till we get to Final Fantasy, whatever the third one is. And it's like, yo, we've got like two hours left of the original Final Fantasy VII, and now we have no fucking idea what's going to happen. Because that's what's <laughs> going to happen. The third one's going to be like, you know a little bit of it, and the rest of it's going to be completely brand new. Which will be a fun thing when they get there. I don't even... Yeah, that's part of what makes makes this so mysterious and interesting to me is that like, they might not... Based on the way Remake ends, like they could just completely fork and do something off the wall with familiar locations and a completely different story and not even follow the first game at all. Like, I, I don't know. It's all up in the air and it's so interesting to me. Chad, what did you say this game's name was in German again? So if I, if you were to translate final fantasy, it's going to recognize it as a named entity and tell you it's final fantasy. And then, uh, let's L E T Z or L E. I forget how it's L E T Z T E. I believe let's is uh last. Or like the last of something, fantasy, which is basically fantasy with a an IE on the end, and then Zeben, which is the number seven in German. I see, because I actually uh, I foregoed using Google Translate and I actually went directly to Final Fantasy VII's German language page, and would you believe that it is called Final Fantasy VII on that page as well? That is correct. Yes, which is why I had to translate it man you're a liar i had to tra- i said he the said words tra- i said that means final fantasy 7 those words if you translate let's to fantasy zeben that means final fantasy 7 i didn't that's the say it represents like, the game in its official translation in germany when you watch a tv show and like someone like speaking spanish and they're like, da, 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 like michael scott da, 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 and they just keep like hey right. i recognize that part <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, I couldn't even spell it. it correctly. Yeah, there's an A in there, but maybe it's German for liar. Uh, very interesting, Chad. Very interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, digging the shit out of that game. Can't wait to go play, uh, not Chrono Cross. What the fuck? Crisis Core. Can't wait to play Crisis Core after this, too. It's going to be a busy two months, y'all. Busy two months. Moving on to our quest log. New horror movie from Sony. This also comes You're from Taylor Lyles. Wait, was the first one Taylor Lyles? No, it was Logan Plant. No, the first one was Logan Plant. Uh, new horror movie from Sony comes from Taylor Lyles at IGN. Another well-known horror game is getting the big screen treatment. This time, it's Supermassive Games' 2015 release, Until Dawn. The Hayden Panettiere and fucking Rami Malek it made them famous. Just kidding. She was already she was in it because she was already famous. No one knew who Rami Malek was back then. Sony Pictures has confirmed to IGN that the movie adaptation of Until Dawn will be directed by filmmaker David F. Sandberg, who previously directed horror hits like Lights Out and Annabelle Colon Creation, as well as DCEU Phil's Shazam! Exclamation point, and its sequel, Furry of the Gods. Here's a quote. As our partnership with Sony Pictures continues to grow, we're thrilled to be working with our first movie with Screen Gems. Until Dawn is a fan-favorite PlayStation game that we can't wait to bring to the big screen, says head of product, PlayStation Studios, and head of PlayStation Productions, Asad Kizilbash, in a statement. 
David F. Sandberg is a good fit for this kind of project. I have confidence this is going to be enjoyable at worst, or, you know, who knows? It could actually end up being terrible. You never know what might happen with these big old productions. I will say, this feels like a pretty conservative bet on Sony's part, and that's totally fair, but it, it just reminds me of, like, do you guys know off the top of your head what, like, the highest rated, like, video game movie is on, like, Tomato Meter? Oh, right? Uh, mm. I don't. I don't know, like 80, 81 or something like that. It's, I want to say that it's Werewolves Within, Mm -hmm. which is the like Ubisoft funded movie based off of their like Werewolves video game, but like, which is based off of like a physical game that you play that wasn't even a video game to begin with. Like, uh, this movie announcement reminds me so much of that where it's like, oh, you know, uh, conventionally, like this kind of a thing, uh, like people have been making these kinds of horror movies, you know, since the crack of time. And so it's like, well, I feel like we feel very confident that we can make a great uh, movie out of this particular concept. And it's like, yeah, you probably can. But like, again, it's just it, it's not a particularly adventurous bet. It, it's a very kind of proven proven idea i think Here's that's also why, it's, why it works so oh. well i mean it is mm. it is a game that is meant to emulate teen slasher like movies like it, this is exactly a, a it's a perfect pit if they did not do this if they're like let's adapt something to try to fit that moment it's like no like this is yeah low-hanging fruit do it you know what i want them to do this will make this movie completely worth it don't tell anybody about it beforehand it's exclusive right here on respawn aim fire everyone shush Hush your mouth. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> do what they did. And I don't know what year it was. Probably the late 80s. Do it like they did Clue. Where Clue oh, had like seven different endings. Uh. And they didn't tell anybody. So people went to the movie theater. Like, oh yeah, it was Colonel Custard in the living room with the lead pipe or whatever. And they're like, it was fucking Margaret Thatcher in the with a needle in the foyer. And people were like really he- were freaking out because there was different endings of that movie. So to play off the whole choice based gameplay of that have different endings of the movie play them in different theaters don't tell anybody that that's a win that's an easy win come on now that'd be great that'd be wonderful i want to go to the one that where one actually Pantier, like completely gets dismembered <laughs> Let that me know would actually that genuinely get me interested in seeing this movie real quick uh real quick do you guys want me to rattle off the only six video game movies on rotten tomatoes that have a fresh rating oh yeah yeah it. yeah <clears throat> if you can believe it, there are only six. Mm-hmm. Six spot, Sonic the Hedgehog with 63%. That was a banger. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, Gran Turismo at the also surprisingly uh, 65%. Uh, Detective Pikachu, probably a little bit on the low side, 68%. Also a banger. Uh, mm-hmm. Surprised to see it this low, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with 69%. Nice. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, Sonic 2, not uh, a good movie. Above Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I am shocked, still to this day, shocked that this is rated this high. The Angry Birds movie 2 with 73%. No, those are good those are good kids movies. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, number one, uh Werewolves Within with 86%. Now, what if we go to audience score? Because then a bunch of weird sickos are like, Ewe Bulls Blood Rain is a hundred percent critic score in Rotten Tomatoes. 
Hmm. Don't actually look I, at I, that. For, yeah, it doesn't allow me to sort by that, but I, I'd imagine there's probably some weird stuff going on there. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up our quest log this week. And uh, also brings us to segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment. That's the Tifa's theme from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, I thought it was like I think it's Lion Tifa's King. Theme. It's it's one of the main themes. Very cool. But hey, you know what? Just talking about Until Dawn. Time for a banger. This I was telling Chad earlier. This is my favorite segment. I do. I legitimately think that this could be. Cozy, if you ever need to take a, a month off, this could be your game show that we do on Patreon. It's that oh, good. Oh, shit. This week, we're playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon as being John Malkovich <laughs> Until Dawn Edition, everybody. Okay, Ooh, okay. Stuff out old Until Dawn. They're making a movie. How about we talk about movies and people who are in video games who make movies as well? So, this is a contest for those who don't know. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon is being John Malkovich. You get a prompt of a person who's in Until Dawn. And then we'll go down the chain. They were in a movie with this person. Who was in a movie with this person? Who directed this movie? That person was in this video game. Name that video game. It's You guys get the idea of what the game is. I have five questions. You guys get a point for getting them correctly. Whoever has the most points at the end wins. They should go from easy to hard. So just letting you know, if you fuck it up, that's on you. All right. Starting at number one. Jason Graves is the composer of Until Dawn. He's worked on a ton of video games. He's got like 30 video game credits for, for composing, including the 2006 movie adaptation of Flushed Away. <laughs> you remember that movie? It's an anime. I think it's like a DreamWorks movie where like about a mouse Hold that on. gets flushed away. The movie adaptation or the video game He adaptation? did the video game adaptation of the movie Flushed Away. Got um, it. Got it. That movie. Yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah, I have looked at this, this, this poster for the movie recently. I did not see it. Oh, I don't well, remember it, but I do remember the poster recently. That's troubling that it's recently. Well, the problem with that movie is that was Aardman Animation, which is known for their like stop motion clay animation movies. But that one was an outlier because it was computer animated, and that kind of contributed to not. Being I think that this. Great. Was, I, mm. I remember you saying. I think we looked at this last week. I think we talked about this movie last yeah. week or something. Maybe that's why it's in my mind. Yep. But all right, Jason Graves composed Until Dawn. Uh, worked on 2006 Flushed Away, the video game version. Uh, that movie that it's based on features Andy Serkis. Give me a mm. game he stars in that is not based on a movie franchise. Andy Serkis in a video game that's not based on a movie Volume franchise. From Bithel Games. Enslaved. Um, enslaved is the answer I was looking for. I mean, well, he was also the narrator, the AI voice in Volume from Bithel Games. Is he? That sounds correct, yeah. I'm it wasn't on my sure. list, but I'll look it up. Andy Circus, <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but yeah, because Chad said it first, right? Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Listen to Andy Circus play the bad guy in Mike Bithell's volume. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it to Chad then. Chad wins it first because I was looking at that Damn. list earlier. What is it called again? Volume. You did. So, correct. Volume is correct. The game Cozy said is an earlier game. But you are correct. Chad gets the point. Uh, I will say again, he's in all the Lord of the Rings games, obviously, of course. He, Heavenly Sword was his first non-movie game. Right. Remember the game before? God, remember Heavenly Sword? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, that's why he did Enslaved, because he formed that relationship with Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory, and he did Enslaved. Uh, he did Risen, which was a game published by Deep Silver. And he also did Volume and then Lego Star Wars, which obviously wouldn't count. All right. right. Very cool. So Chad gets the point there. Uh Next up, 
Until Dawn music was highly influenced by John Carpenter. Carpenter is mm-hmm. a famous video game uh, enjoyer. He loves Sonic, specifically Sonic Mania is his favorite one. He loves Jack and Dexter. He loves Fallout 76. And he wants to direct a Dead Space movie, a game that Jason Graves composed on. Just a little fact throwing that in there. Um, <laughs> his love for gaming, John Carpenter's love for gaming, has led him to having three credits in video games. Name one of them. Hint, his upcoming game Toxic Commando does not count. Friday the 13th. Uh, he has a credit in the video game adaptation of The Thing from the early 2000s. Cozy oh, got a point. That's good. He does. That's good. It's that, and he was also in Fear 3, because he liked Fear so much, he said, let me come on Fear 3, and they let him come on Fear 3. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about Fear. Remember that. That fucking, that oh, capitalized right. on that ring girl, scary Korean horror trope, and they were like, let's turn this into a video game, too. Let's make it a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. Rami Malek is in Until Dawn. Mm-hmm. The Academy Award-winning actor, by the way, heads up, he has an Academy Award, uh, has many credits. First, his first credit is Night of the Museum, mm-hmm. which gave me 17 potential other degrees of Kevin Bacon to go down, because there's a lot of famous people in that movie. Um, I'm going to choose to go with Brad Garrett, who is a voice of the Easter Island head, as well as Raymond's brother and everybody hates Raymond. Uh, <laughs> okay. What mega franchise did Brad Garrett get a credit in? I have a couple clues for this. Uh, he's a mega franchise. Brad, Brad Garrett has a credit in on the first game of the entire franchise. Brad Garrett credit for a mega franchise on the first game of the franchise. I have some hints if you guys cannot think of it. Be it to give me guesses first. Sonic Adventure. Is it? No, it's not Sonic oh, Adventure. Man. Is it a Dragon Age? No, it is not a Dragon Age. Here's the hint. Again, it's the first game, Brad Garrett. It was before the year 2000. Hmm. So think of a mega franchise that goes back before the year 2000. Metal Gear Solid? Fuck. No. That, that's a good guess. Good guess. Oh, Ray, I got to get in the box, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil? No, it is not Resident Evil. There's another hint. It was a PC game only. So before 2000 and only on PC. Deus Ex. No. King's Quest. No. No. Not a bad guess. Last hint. This franchise has had three different owners. Oof. Mega franchise. Again, one of the world's biggest franchise. Mm -hmm. He was in the very first game. Before 2000, there's been three different owners of this franchise. You just start throwing stuff out. How does this not... Yeah, how do I not... This feels like it should be, like, right at the top. That's why this game is so good. Yeah, those things are very... That's why this game is great. That's why it's my favorite game I do, because it's fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you know the answers. (laughs) Oni. No. Is that a mega franchise? Let's focus on the word mega franchise. Like Sonic, Sonic was a good guess because that's oh, a mega franchise. Oh, wait. Grand Theft Auto. No. Ah. Uh, Give me more mega franchises, guys. That went PC back before only, the PC-only mega franchise. The first one. The first one was PC-only. The first yeah. one was a PC-only. Just remember that. Brad Garrett is in Everybody Loves Raymond. He's very big. Civilization. No. Someone's got to get I'm it. I'm stumped. Let's say it was, no, can't say that. That doesn't make, no, I can say that. 
This franchise has been mentioned on today's podcast already. Whoa. Uh, uh, Power World. <laughs> no. I'll give you another hint. It's been mentioned in this segment. Fuck. What? Okay. Where did all my memory the go? Thing. Brian, no, the thing. 13th enslaved Odyssey in the West. No, none of these are mega franchises. Uh, Heavenly Sword. Volume. Nope. Risen. You guys are Lego going Star Wars. around all of them. Is it a Star Wars? Nope. Star Wars? Oh, no. Um. It's not Star Wars. That is a mega franchise. Maybe it's one of the games that Sean Carpenter likes. That's, no. Right. That's what I was thinking. Uh, okay. Sonic. Uh, Fallout. I already said Fallout. Sonic. Is it Fallout? Fallout 1. Yes, Kelsey, you got it correct. Okay. Woo. Good Lord. It is not uh, that... Di- no, it, it's easy on this side when I know the answer, of course. But yeah, no, Brad Garrett was in the first Fallout for PC. Very cool, very cool. And yeah, three different owners. It was Interplay, it was Bethesda, and now it's Microsoft. There you go. Uh, all right. Hayden Panettieri is in until... By the way, what's the point total? Two for Kelsey, one for Chad? Sounds right. Okay. Hayden Panettieri is in Until Dawn. Yes, she is in Kingdom Hearts, but that's an awful franchise, so I'm going to go in another direction. <laughs> she was also... An awfully excellent franchise. No, 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 no. She was also a recurring character in Malcolm in the Middle, which Ooh. also starred Gary Anthony Williams. That's the black guy. That's the dad. Um, with the boy in the wheelchair. It's the dad. I don't know if you've seen Malcolm in the Middle. I remember the boy in the wheel- in wheelchair. I don't remember his dad. It's his dad. It's his dad. Gary Anthony Williams has been in many video games, as well as movie. He famously played Bebop uh, in TMNT Out of the Shadows. That was the last live-action one before they rebooted mm. it. He was... You, you, you know, remember who he is now? Yeah. Kind of? He's the black, he was the black guy in TMNT. He turns into a warthog. Um, he also, in that movie, played alongside pro wrestler Seamus, who is uh, who was Rocksteady. He was the big Irish dude with the red hair. What is the first video game Seamus appeared in? <laughs> <laughs> Seamus, professional wrestler. What is the first video game he appeared in? WWE SmackDown. It, I was going to say, is it a wrestling game or is it a non-wrestling game? I mean, you could probably assume. Chad, you gave me, you were giving me a title. There's probably more to that title that you said. 1999. WWE nope. SmackDown 2003. WWE SmackDown 2007. I will say you're not getting the full title right as it is. You're very close, though. WWE SmackDown uh, SmackDown versus Raw. Okay. Oh, SmackDown Maybe there's a number Raw, after SmackDown versus Raw. Four. WWE SmackDown, Smackdown versus, versus Raw, Raw 1997. Smack, WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2012. 1995. WWE SmackDown versus Raw. 1992. 1992. 1990. 1989. WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2016. WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2017. No, you're going the wrong way. WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2010. Maybe one up. I already said 2011. 2011. WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2011. Odyssey to the West. There you go, Chad. Good job. We got a smack. Yeah, SmackDown versus Raw 2011. There was also another clue I was had with Gary Anthony Williams about what video game is he in. That's my favorite video game of all time, but you guys wouldn't have got that one either. Mm. So, yes. Seamus first appeared in SmackDown versus Raw 2011. Very good. All right. Last question. This is all for all the marbles. Yeah, we're tied. All the marbles. You guys can get this here. One of Until Dawn's biggest influences was Quantic Dream. Obviously, the picking and changing the story and yada, yada, yada. 
Heavy Rain specifically. Um, Quantic Dream made recent popular meme fodder Detroit Become Human. <laughs> the Lady Adam Dies Every Time He Sees is played by Valerie Curry, who also starred in the 2016 Blair Witch alongside James Allen McCune, who has in the one video game credit. What is the one video game credit James Allen McCune have? Hint, it's an exclusive that the platform holder isn't very fond of. Oh, hmm, interesting. Interesting. So the lady from Detroit become human, the Conquer's blonde lady who looks at day. you. Um, no, that is not correct. No. It's an exclusive that the platform holder is not very fond of. That's the one credit James Allen McCune has. What is that game? Not Conquer's. Star Fox Zero. Nope. Hmm. Uh, I will say, if it helps... Rise, Son of Rome. No, that's not. There is only one game in the franchise as, at, at current okay. point. Just a heads up. Okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. Redfall. No. Uh, not a bad guess. Hmm. You guys are getting there. These are good guesses. The Order 1886. No. He's also an in inconsequential character, so this man does not matter. It's, I'm just <laughs> looking for the game. I'm fishing for this game title. Hmm. Games that the exclusive platform holder is not fond of. I don't know why I'm like circling around Microsoft, like as if Microsoft hates everything it has. <laughs> I will say. Or maybe mm, they acquired something and they're like, man, I wish we didn't acquire this thing or I hate to be associated with it now. No, I will say that it is a game that's come out in the last two generations. So either hmm. this generation Perfect or Dark last. Zero. <laughs> that was a 360 game. Concrete Shit. Genies. It's singular genie, but no. <laughs> Concrete genie. <laughs> also, the game was dope. Uh, I will say that there was a news story about one game from this publisher doing well, and then this game that I'm talking about got mad. They're like, we did same numbers, and they didn't give a fuck about us. Hmm. We talked about it on this podcast. You were all here. <laughs> yeah, but you said, we've talked <laughs> about this game in the last three minutes, and we were like, what the fuck? What yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I have another clue, but it, I think it'll give it away to Chad too much, so I don't really yeah. want to say it yet. The games. Last two generations, console holders not proud of it. They gave credit to somebody else who made a game for them, and these guys were like, what about us? We did that good, too. You just didn't care. Fuck. I will... Here's another one. It's Sony. Okay. Oh. Okay. okay. Make it easier on you guys. Okay. What's Sony exclusive hate? last two generations? Godfall. Nope. No. Not a Sony uh, first party game. These are first party game, by the way. I don't know. First party game. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, Sony first party. They hate it. Two generations. Last Guardian. No. Hmm. We're getting close, guys. There's not very many left to guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, there isn't. And the problem is, is that, like, I feel like Sony's first-party studios are, like, much more consistent Drive in terms Club. of their output compared to Microsoft. Like, Destruction All-Stars. You know. No. 
Oh, that's that's a good guess, but apparently that's not it. But yeah, like Sony, they're good at putting out games of a consistent level of quality and they get, you know, sometimes criticized for being a little bit samey, but like it's rare that you see like a big whiff outside of, yeah, something like Destruction All-Stars, but that's not it. Nope. We would all agree that this game is not very good. We've all specifically said on this podcast that the game is like not that special. Oh, me and Chad have at least. I don't know, but of course, Baldur's Gate 3 is not exclusive to PlayStation or <laughs> get it, get it. I just do that because yeah, I know you like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm, it's taking all my willpower not to just look it up online. Fuck. Well, don't do that. That's cheating. <laughs> no, I'm, just, like, I'm not super doing it. Curious. I've not cheated the entire time. I will tell you. I mean, you'll know the right answer soon enough. No. Good guess. Fuck. Here's what I'll do. I'll give you guys one more hint, and you get one guess apiece. Okay. And if you cannot okay. guess it, maybe I'll give you guys two hints. First hint, it has been a thumbnail on this podcast. The game in question has been a thumbnail. Chad, you make the thumbnails. I feel like you should be able to get it. I mean, I've also made probably 500 thumbnails for this podcast. Last thing, the main character is voiced by a famous Star Wars animation actor. We're going to end in a tie. Five, four, three. This is not hard. Two, <laughs> one. Guys, it's a tie. It's Days Gone. How have you guys not oh, thought of Days shit. Gone? Oh, Days Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, we literally had an episode about, like, no one cares about Days Gone. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I guess I just, that was like, thing. blocked that out in my you know, All the trauma. clues also. You said yeah, every PlayStation exclusive game in the last generation except for Days Gone. You literally just won't say that to you again. <laughs> I don't understand why. But it's Days Gone. That kid is in Days Gone. He's some fucking random biker. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I just matter. don't associate that game with PlayStation. I, it is? And me, I know. <laughs> I in my brain, it was like, surely they didn't make that. But they did. Yep. But they did. Yeah, I remember because they uh, Ghost of Tsushima was like, oh yeah, we sold you know whatever it was like twelve million or whatever. And Days Gone's like, we did the same thing, but Sony literally never made a tweet about us. They did not give a shit. Right. They do not like this video game. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. That's the the guy who used to be the head of the studio. But that's it. So sorry, Six Degrees of being Kevin Bacon and John Malkovich. There's a tie this week. Because they couldn't guess Days Gone. Just PlayStation fan supposedly chad ennis couldn't guess it okay well i'm a playstation fairweather fan i don't do the bad shit <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it for my segment Woo! thanks adam cozy do we have a question of the week this week we do no, uh, i don't have a segment uh, i don't have a like big expansive segment of my own like tmi with mpd but we do have the return of cozy's question of the week where i read one of the many questions i've written into kind of funny's podcast that they either did not or have yet to read on their shows my question of the week for this week is what is a tv show that you used to watch in your youth where you really wanted the villain to win Ooh. Excellent question. Where I want the bad guy to win. I got to think of examples because there's plenty of that. I was one of the bad guys to win all the time. Hmm. I feel bad for Plankton. The uh, problem with this question yeah. for me, I'll just kick this off real quick. The, for whatever reason, whenever I think about TV shows from my youth, the first TV show that comes to mind is Zaboomafu. <laughs> which I don't know if either of you guys know. There's not really a villain that in show. that show. 
No, there's not a. Not it's with really the lemur, Chad. The the lemur yeah. and the crap brothers talking about animals. Yeah, I guess if I had to give a legitimate answer that, to this question, there were definitely a few episodes of Arthur where I wish that Arthur didn't get <laughs> reprimanded for being more violent uh, than he was. Like for example, the one episode where he punched DW. I know, don't 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 punch three year olds uh, under no circumstances. But come on, like DW did a hundred and seventeen things wrong to Arthur over the span of three days. Give him a little bit of slack. It was bad. Yeah, she like threw his like model airplane out the window. She's like, I yeah, thought exactly. it should fly or whatever. It's like she was a terror. Um, yeah, this is a tough one because I remember as a kid a lot of times just liking the bad guys. Be like that'd be cool if they yeah. won once. Like, I feel like the one that comes to mind for me is the Kirby show. Like, Kirby, I don't give a shit about Kirby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But King Day Today in that cartoon, like, he's, I mean, he's, he's fun. He's interesting. He's funny. Just trying to protect his kingdom, you know? And this yeah. little monster comes out of nowhere, you know? It, it, it's weird that the English version of that show gave DDD, like, a southern, like, deep Texan accent. Well, I'm yeah. King yeah. DDD, and I'm here <laughs> to tell you. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind to me also is, like, Bugs Bunny, like Bugs Bunny is a villain. Mm. He's just doing mm. poor Daffy, poor that was, Daffy Duck. Well, I'm not worried about that. It was for me. It was the coyote. Like I understand, as an adult, I understand if he wins once, he eats him and he dies, and that's the end of the show. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this dude spends a lot of money. He's got a lot of plans, and just like let it work once. Maybe yeah, right? he's like he's about to do it. And he's like, you know what? I would lose all purpose in life. But the fact that he never even gets close, it's like, why? Why does he keep trying? Give up, kid. We also don't know that he's going to eat him. Like, we see that he has, like, sometimes a knife and fork and a babe around, and he, like, licks his lips. But, like, maybe when he finally re- gets up to him, he's like, do you want to go to Olive Garden with me? I'm hungry. Yeah. I've been trying Shoot to chase you down. Sticks, I'm baby. so hungry because I can't keep up with you. I'm trying to reach you. All I want to do is take you to Olive Garden with me and get bottomless breadsticks yeah. and gnocchi soup. But I do love once in a while when you have the bad guy win. I remember like fucking there's been 30 seasons of Power Rangers in different iterations. But like oh, yeah. some of them, they'll be like, oh, the bad guys win for like the last three or four episodes. And like the world goes to shit. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. This yeah. is fun. Of course, they win in the end. But it's like, that's that's really cool. I like that. So I'm with you. All Basically, every cartoon, the bad guy should win at least sometimes just to keep it interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then it turns into a video, a video game called The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. And Alex nominates it for Game of the Year. No. Yeah. And that brings us to Game on Game Show. The Game on our Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Game Show on our Game Show. Game, 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 game. Folks, we have a returning game that we've played before, but with a new twist. Mm-hmm. The game is called GameStop Blackjack. Ooh. So this is where we use good old GameStop trade-in values to try to hit a particular target or less. So here, the last time we played this, I introduced a new wrinkle where if you choose a game that's not in GameStop's current database, like they do not offer value for this, it automatically defaults to $10 as like a a way to really get you to think about something rather than like a free pass. There's another thing I accidentally did today. Uh, Well, sorry, today's twist is also going to be we had the Xbox developer direct. So all of these games, all of the games you are going to be throwing out there should be available on an Xbox platform. They don't have to be Xbox first party, but available on an Mm -hmm. Xbox platform. Gotcha. If you name a game, I look it up. It turns out it's not on Xbox. Same $10 rule applies. So, four games you will have to choose coming in under $23 because it has been 23 years and two months since the Xbox launched. 
Okay. So $23 or less, four games. Whoever gets closest to 23 without going over wins. And the mm. new twist, as I typed in Google GameStop trade-in values, and I saw two links. One had the GameStop logo. One had a really low-res, awful-looking JPEG of just some white GS letters on a red square. Turns out, that's GameStop Canada, baby. So we are looking at the GameStop Canada trade-in values today. So Canadian Ooh, dollars, 23 Canadian dollars is our target interesting across four games oh and here i'll, I'll share my setup here so that gives him the that gives cozy the upper hand well just think about the other you know x number of shows that we've done where he's had to think about u.s dollars and he's like i don't know that's true that make it easy on him yeah well how much spaghetti do i put in one serving i don't know you'll never know it's impossible <laughs> no one knows we can't figure it out yeah all right very cool so uh because alex has the advantage I'm going to have Adam, you get to pick your first game. NBA 2K22. NBA 2K22. Oh, it autocorrected to NAB instead of NBA. And I was like, it does not exist. What? Uh, no NAB. And for which system are you choosing this? I'm going to say PS4. Uh, sorry. Your Xbox platforms are the only option, but oh, there, are Xbox? Xbox, okay, there are two the, Xbox systems. Xbox One. Xbox One. All right. The number is $1. So NBA. One Canadian. Give it to me, baby. One Canadian dollar. Correct. 2K22 is $1. Cozy, what is your first game? Uh, Let's see. Fuck. Um, EA... FC 22. EAF, uh, I believe it was oh, called. Oh, wait a minute. Game. Does FC not exist at that point, though? Uh, this, nope, is FC. Is that FC... this is the first year. Okay, so in that case. But uh, I, if you would like to correct it to FIFA, I would take that. Okay, let's do that. All right, so FIFA 22, you said? Yes. Uh, this also launched on multiple generations. Which generation would you like to choose? Uh, we will go with the Xbox. Let's go with the Series generation. All right. The Series X version of this will get you $1 Canadian at GameStop Canada. Okay. All right, Adam, what is your second game? So I'm trying to, how many do we need to fill out? You need to get four games as close to $23 mm -hmm. without going over. Because I think I could easily get like three games that are worth a dollar, but then I need something to get me to like... 15 you know what i'm saying yeah so that's that's the thing here i would say give me sea of thieves is there a disc version of sea of thieves <laughs> sea of thieves does not exist in that database so that will okay. default to ten dollars for you oh no actually that's probably a good thing all right cozy I think so. what is your second game going out there making a wild pick Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, on the series. On the series. So that is the lower of the two values. The Series X version is seven dollars, whereas the Xbox One version would have been nine dollars. Oh. Okay. Well, points on the board. All right. So Midnight Suns gets you seven dollars. At this point, Adam, you have eleven dollars with two guesses left. Cozy, you have eight dollars with two guesses left. Again, twenty-three is the target without going over. Adam, what is your third game madden nfl 22 for xbox one 
Madden NFL 22 for Xbox One is $1. Oh, boy. I've got this one in the bag, baby. Oh, shit. All right. Cozy, your third game. Hmm. Let's go with... You know what? It's never served me wrong. It's always served me right. We're going to go with Sonic Frontiers for the Sonic series. Sonic Frontiers for the series. All right. That is $9. Yeah. All right. So there we go. We have one pick left for each of you. Adam is at $12. Cozy is at $17. We have to get to 23 as close as we can, right? Close to 23 without going over. I don't know, Chad. Is there Alan Wake 2 for Xbox Series, maybe? Ooh, Alan Wake 2. What was that voice? Because I'm being dumb, because I know the answer. Uh, the answer is no, that does not exist. Oh, huh. I guess I'd put $10 on the board. Well, that puts me at $22 out of $23. <laughs> Crazy. All right, so, Cozy, you have to get $5 to tie, $6 to win, but 7 makes you lose. Ooh, tough, tough. Tough of that strategy. Look at me. I sound like a Real dummy, tough. but I knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What do we want to go with? What do we want to go with? Definitely should be something that's a little bit more like. Hmm. You know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Chad, let it be known that I'm all in. Okay. I got a thing in my mind, too, Chad. I'm all in. I want you to check it afterwards to see if Cozy would have won with my idea. But okay. go ahead, Cozy. Gotham Knights. That's actually not a bad one. Series X. Hmm. All right. So I've written it on the screen to build the anticipation and the suspense. Yeah. Uh-oh. Gotham Knights. I'm sorry, for which, plot, which platform? Series X slash S. Series X slash S. It does exist in GameStop's database. They do exist. For a total <gasps> of seven Canadian dollars, bringing you to oh! 24, which makes you lose this, unfortunately. Busted. Damn. So close. Man, I was scared there for a second. Chad, what, yes. what would Sonic Mania get? Oh, Would have gotten cozy. Mania. I just feel like that's a perfect five or six dollar game. I'm not positive. Uh, so Sonic Mania available for Xbox One is two dollars and fifty cents. Okay, never mind. Wouldn't have worked. Yep. Okay. Mm. Well, so, what's something? Do you have something immediately on hand that would have worked? A five dollar game. Let me see if I can. Can I sort this? I guess six dollars would have been the perfect number because he would have won with six dollars. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Two on Xbox. One Xbox One Amazing Spider Man 2. Wow, yep, that would have given you five dollars. Uh, Marvel Pinball Epic Collection, (laughs) you're definitely thinking of that one. Okay, um, One Piece World Seeker, Monster Energy Supercross, My Heroes One Justice, Doom Eternal would have been a good pick for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, Steven Universe, I'll give you three more. Let's see, Uh, Dying Light 2. Putting these in the old... That's it? Six yeah. bucks for that? Five dollars. That's upsetting. Oh, I'm sorry. I, oh. I typed in five dollars, which would have been a tie. Sorry. Six yeah, what's six dollars for win. the win? Uh, let's go back then. Lego Jurassic World. 
Okay. <laughs> Never heard of that. Okay. <laughs> Specifically, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 en français. So the French oh. version. They have a French version. Didn't of know Of course. Uh, Lego Star Wars Force well, Awakens. Resident Evil 5 it, HD. That must Lego just City be the... Undercover. The, yeah. For the record, that must just be the packaging because the way these discs work, you you plug it in and like the system automatically detects are you in English or are you in French. So I don't I don't really know what the deal is well, with that. Let's see. Call of Duty Black Ops Three, without parentheses en français, is worth four dollars on PlayStation Four, but six on PlayStation Four huh. is en français. That's weird. <laughs> six en français on Xbox, two fifty without en français on Xbox. What is that? Hmm. You got to do some. I need you to go to a French GameStop, cozy, and report back to us next week on what that means. I will. I'm not. I'm not certain what the deal is with that. I'll have to look into it. In their entire database, that is the only game that has those two versions. Just Black Ops Three. Whoa. Just Black the only Ops Three has a French version. Strange. What a strange country yeah. that lives under the queen or the king, whoever it is. That's it for Game On Game Show, and that is it for episode 340 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You did it. I'm so proud of you. You 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 let this play in its entirety, probably. Or you skipped to the end and got to the secret code. Vaginal is the secret code. <laughs> real quick. Uh, real quick. I looked this up. This is what I was saying earlier, but I just want to confirm it. Yeah. So yeah, the deal with the French version of the game is it's just the packaging. The packaging is in French. Oh. The disc itself, bilingual. You plug it in, it's English, it's French, it's whatever you want it to be. That's so they funny get you that they four discriminate bucks, the packaging. The words. Like yeah, that an extra four bucks for having French packaging, which is something that, I mean, doesn't even really exist in most What's also interesting is that days. I feel like I've like packaging has never mattered at GameStop in my experience. Well, it's been 20 years probably since I traded in a game, but yeah, they have those generic boxes where they just throw some paper in there and it's like, it's skate three, bitch. (laughs) Buy it. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, Homework. Play Signalus. 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 Play that game. Uh, It's our barf game for the month. So uh, we are all playing that. We are going to be recording it in about two weeks. And uh, you'll be able to hear our thoughts on that. If you have thoughts on the game and you would like to be on the show, reach out, let us know. If not, if you just want to tell us your thoughts in the wind, uh, there's going to be a storm coming soon on the West Coast. So uh, shout it there. It'll make its way over to Adam and Alex over there in the East Coast time. Uh, Just make sure you say it loud enough so it makes it over the Rockies. Uh, if you would like to vote on future barf games, that's backlog accomplishment with respawn and friends. You can do so by going to patreoncom slash fire to where your vote is weighted heavily. And, uh, there will be a poll coming out there in the next week to week and a half ish about what February's game will be. It is themed around Alex's choice because it's his birthday month. Uh, cause his birthday actually is when Groundhog's day. Fourth? It Second, is third, February the 1st. 1st. February 1st is Cozy's birthday. Kept saying so, dates. Uh, we're letting him choose. And uh, while you're at patreon.com slash respawning fire, you can also get exclusive access to a month early version of our RAF game shows and or special episodes. So right now, you are the only ones, patrons, who can listen to Elf Bowling Strike at the North Pole. 
Uh, elf bowling and the Great North Pole Elf Strike. I'll get there by the time it's ready for everyone in two weeks. Uh, so yeah, you if you're not a patron, <laughs> you get these episodes a month later than everyone else. Uh, speaking of, we are going to have a super special, interesting, different, but still game show version of that show in February, but it will be about a week late for you patrons. But it is definitely one you want to tune in for. So we are recording it live February 6th, I believe, is the plan right now. It'll be up right after that. And uh, so, yeah, look forward to that. Aside from that, just do cool stuff. Oh, go back to our regular screen so you're not looking at, you know, Alex's loss. It's so weird that Alex doesn't really understand the value of the Canadian dollar, but Adam does so well. It's wild. It's so weird. Uh, Alex, uh, would you like to again plug... Cooking with Co- Cozy Bears Cooking. Cozy Bear KBK. Cozy's Burger King. Cooking with Bears of Cooking <laughs> of Cozy. Yes. Uh, Cozy Bears Cooking Season 4. Uh, its uh, debut has been pushed up a little bit, uh, or rather pushed back. I always get confused by those euphemisms of what's supposed to mean what. Uh, instead of debuting on January 24th, it is debuting January 31st. Uh, that is a Wednesday uh, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live. Look forward to it. Yeah, thanks so much for everyone for listening. Thank you, Alex and Adam, for joining me this week. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Here's another one of those. It's all downhill from here. Like, oh, it's all downhill from here. Like, it's going to get worse. Or, oh, it's all downhill from here. It gets easier. Which one is it? What?